How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership Jam Session. Today's guest is Brad Dalton, who is a motivational and inspirational speaker, an empowerment and success coach, lifelong educator, and is also the best-selling author of DNA of a Winner, Eight Steps to Building the Soul Print of a Winner. Brad, welcome to the Jam Session. Man, am I excited to be with you. Well, I, I usually ask, are you ready to jam? But I know you are ready to jam with me. So... Let's just dive right into it. Let's do it, buddy. Well, it's great having you on here. And, and we kind of connected over LinkedIn mm -hmm. and loved a lot of the work you're doing. And we got to connect and started talking. Thought it'd be great to get you on the jam session. And uh, I definitely want to start out. I mean, we're going to go in a, in a few different places here because I love your background, love your story. But let's just kind of start off with uh, your day job because you kind of started your your the brad dalton group right you do a lot of uh motivational talks you work with clients um coaching them however that was you kind of launched it a few, only a couple of years ago mm -hmm. so let's talk about your your day job which sure. i think is probably the hardest leadership position one can have which is you're a teacher is that right yep so maybe you can kind of share a little bit about your background there well, thanks. I actually don't get asked about that a lot, so I appreciate that. Teaching has taught me as much about others as they have taught me, if that makes sense. Yeah. I've taught everything outside of middle school. So I've taught elementary all the way up to university. And man, you learn everything you need to know in life teaching ankle biters. And get an opportunity as a teacher five days a week. We coach, we do personal development, all that stuff for our careers right now. But with teaching, you get to see it up close and personal right in front of you five days a week. Yeah. And man, it's so funny you asked me this because I was just thinking this morning on the way into the office how thankful I am. Some of the things that you can't see it right now, but next to me on my wall is just a, is, is just littered with notes from, from students <laughs> and stuff like no one's ever believed in me the way you do. Other funny little things, relationships are king to me. And whether it be a six-year-old or a 46 year old and some of them are funnier than others. I had this one student we used to in passing make like little like faces at each other like we were disgusted looking at the other. It was all in fair play and I'm reading the note right now when she graduated she said Mr. Dalton even though your face disgusts me I feel thankful I've seen it through all these years. Thank you for being you and it's just little things like that. So thankful that you asked me that. That is where, is where it all started. So what do you enjoy the most about it? Wow, it's the relationships. It's really the same across the board, whether it be teaching a 16-year-old kiddo or yeah. a, a retired citizen uh, of wherever. I love the relationships mm -hmm. and the, the just seeing people smile, getting to know people, letting people know that they have more in the tank, seeing them grow, whether it's teaching uh, an elementary kid from August to the end of May or a semester class at the university level, seeing them from point A to wherever they get to, and it's different for everyone. Man, it is so rewarding. It's so rewarding. And then 
to have them come back when they've graduated or when they're having massive success five, 10 years down the road and they want to have coffee with you mm-hmm. and they want to thank you or, or tell you about all about the cool stuff they got going on. Yeah. That is the juice. Yeah. Every time I think that I'm maybe plateauing or maybe, oh uh, man, I just not, maybe not, I'm not feeling, cause we don't all roll out of bed at 10 every day, yeah. but man, every time I'm not a 10, I run into something like that and it's incredible. Yeah. And it reminds me why I do what I do. I, I could make, I could triple my income this year if I just got out of teaching, but That's I amazing. haven't to this point because I just love kids so much. It's, it's been a real struggle. My people tell me, man, if you if you cleared up 7 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., think of how much you could do. Yeah. And I've struggled with that. I appreciate you sharing that. I could tell just the passion in you. You're in it for them. And I think you got to embody what great teachers look like. And I don't think teachers get paid enough. Part of the reason why I was asking you this is because I think it's important. There are parallels in terms of just leading in general. Great leaders are great teachers, yep. right? They're the ones that actually help their employees kind of grow. And we as leaders make a huge impact on our employees, but sometimes we don't view it that way. Let me ask you, what are some of the challenges? This profession mm-hmm. and most servant leadership positions and professions right now are really fried. Teachers, healthcare workers, most mm-hmm. servant leaders right now do not feel appreciated. They don't feel appreciated. They don't feel that, that their work is being noticed and they're really not in it for them. But at the same time, everybody needs to f- have people around them and have, they need to have people understand that they need to feel grateful. They need uh-huh. people around them that are grateful for what they're doing with as much as they're giving. And you did hit the nail on the head. They don't get paid enough. I will be honest with you. I haven't looked at pay five pay stubs in 20 plus years. Yeah. So I, you know, my measurement is impact. And I think most great teachers are that way, but they don't feel appreciated. They only really only hear from parents when parents are pissed. That's about it. And so they don't hear a lot of the good stuff. The juice for them, the fuel for them is the growth and impact that they get to see five days a week. But that's one of the big challenges. The expectations for teachers keep going up. I mean, I I talk to educators coast to coast and globally, and it seems like all the expectations, the tests, the requirements, all this stuff keeps going up and your pay stays the same. Yeah. Expectations go up, but nothing else really changes. So I think feeling some sort of gratitude. And I will tell you right now with COVID and everything, I've, I've had this conversation a lot of times with leaders and with people to my left, right, front and back that I work with. You know, things have changed, but like right now, the stuff that I do, the curriculum hasn't changed, but it is ta- the whole thing has taken its toll on people between the ears. People are struggling. People are struggling. There's going to be a mass exodus of teachers this year. They're fried. So what I always say, Rob, is, man, we, we there's never been a more important time to invest in us because we are fried. It's not because of the curriculum. For the most part, everyone's back in the building. Things aren't that much different anymore. Mm-hmm. But between the ears, things have changed dramatically. We've got to invest in us. Well, you know, which is why what you bring to the table is so important. I mean, this is kind of, you know, the, the energy, the, the areas that you focus on uh, is so critical. And, and so let's talk about that a little bit. And I appreciate you sharing just some of the, your background on, on teaching, which again, 
I think there's, there's a lot of correlations made to, again, great leaders are great teachers. And it's interesting, you know, a lot of people ask me, why did I leave the corporate world uh, after, you know, 20 plus years? And I love what I do. I love teaching the future leaders of tomorrow. You get to see the impact. I mean, I loved leading teams over the years too, but I don't think you guys get paid enough for sure. So, uh, and I appreciate all the hard work you and, and the rest of the teachers do for us. So, so let's talk about how, you know, you kind of um, uh, transitioned into this other space, uh-huh. right? So let's just talk about how did you get put on that path? Because you're highly successful in doing it. You can easily leave, as you said, Mm-hmm. And, and probably make three times as, as much, even more than that. You're on demand. You get a lot of requests. So let's talk about how did you make that transition? How did you get into this? Oh, well, I used to say it was luck, but it really isn't luck. I, I don't believe in luck really anymore. I think the fact that I was a, I've always been a servant leader. I've yeah. always been positive. I've always been a, uh, just someone that likes to fill other people's cups up. Mm-hmm. And like, as you've alluded to multiple times, I think the best coaches are the are great teachers. That's what, Mm -hmm. that's what they are. When COVID hit, I was trying to think of ways to be innovative and still stay in touch. Cause at the time I had a little side hustle mindset business going, which really wasn't my thing. Mm -hmm. A teaching was my thing. And I had tons of foreign exchange students from Argentina to Taiwan to all over the map. And I was like, how am I going to, and they're all getting shipped back. They're all getting shipped back home. It's like, how am I going to still have an impact on these guys? How am I still going to keep giving them the lessons? The same stuff I wrote about in my book and mm-hmm. I and I speak with adults with is the same stuff I, I teach them. And how am I going to do that? So I decided to start a podcast called The Best Self Podcast. And I just got, I was fortunate. It, it, I know no marketing or anything like that. Just five months later, it's in 50 plus countries. I hadn't planned on that. It just happened. The fact that I could talk to someone in some town in Spain that I've never heard of and I'm impacting them. This is fantastic. So, and I loved it. So then I started amping up that a little bit. And then that November, I get a call from uh, a former publisher with Tony Robbins. Yeah. And they say they want to write a book. I'm like, how do I turn that down? <laughs> so right. Like, okay, uh, where do I sign? So uh, we, we rock that thing, turns into a bestseller the next spring. And... Man, that just kind of, as you alluded to, things just started amping up and got to the point where, I mean, I've actually had to be really selectively aggressive with with the opportunities I choose now because my bandwidth got really stretched really thin. But I will tell you, Rob, and it's people like you, me, uh, people with this mindset, it happened because I've been intentional about being the best version of me and Mm. creating the best version of others. That's why this all happened for me. It wasn't because I just took a stab in the dark or I treated my life like a hobby or I shot from the hip. It was because I was into people and I was into relationships and I was into growth. Those were the catalysts. I think your story is fantastic. You kind of just walked into it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, people took notice and were able to kind of tap into you. And, and here you are today. Um, love your book too. And, and maybe we, I can just ask a few questions on, on the book itself. Sure. So you talk about, you know, you have the eight steps, uh-huh. right? And, and the first chapter that you kind of talk about is attitude and stay out of the weeds, feed mm-hmm. the peas. Uh-huh. So maybe you can share a little bit of, of what that means. Sure. Well, if, you know, if we all have a garden, uh, if you know anything about gardening, which I'm not going to pretend to be an expert <laughs> in the gardening field, 
but I know that if, if you have a garden, you obviously don't want any weeds. Weeds and, and weeds for us would be negativity. Mm. And you've got these flowers, you got whatever it is in your garden. And as you grow weeds into that garden, they're going to start choking out all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that you really care about, your family, your community, your circle, the people you haven't even met yet, that you're going to choke them all out. Some before you even meet them because they're not going to want to have anything to do with you because mm. of all the negativity. Mm-hmm. Winners gravitate to winners. Negative people gravitate to negative people. You want people gravitating to you that's going to make you a better version of you. And so we want to, we want to get rid of the weeds and we want to feed our life with the peas, the positives. Man, positive people, it could be just your smile. I, I will tell you that just you look at posts. I, I was talking about this the other day. Just look at my LinkedIn posts or anything I post on social. I look at my analytics and the ones where I'm on there smiling with someone else or myself get 10 times more views than others. Mm. The smile is a universal language. So it doesn't even have to be you're a person out there that's afraid of speaking in front of crowds. Just be you. Just flash those pearly whites, baby. I think that's awesome. People do gravitate towards like-minded people. And mm-hmm. you know, do you kind of want to get just dragged down in some of the negativity? Because it is a choice, Absolutely. is it not? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and one of the statements you make, starting small and targeting the best versions of themselves, mm-hmm. no one creates success alone, which I think yeah. is fantastic. But let me ask you this. The, the, one of the chapters you talk about, one of the steps is avoiding the prison sentence. Maybe you can explain that one because I, I found that fascinating as well. Sure. Well, it, again, it's the mindset and it comes back to negativity and false beliefs and yeah. limiting beliefs. You talk about it being a choice. I mean, success is a choice. It's not chance. Success is a choice. It's not chance. And so we have the opportunity every day we roll out of bed and our toes touch the floor to feel some gratitude, to not underestimate how incredible today could be. Today could be incredible. I mean, we overestimate yesterday. We underestimate the incredible stuff that could happen today. If you're hung up on what happened 15 seconds ago, 15 mm. days ago, 15 minutes ago, whatever, you aren't fast tracked to mediocrity because that's already happened. You can't even control that anymore. What mm. you can do is you can control the seconds, the minutes, the days, the years ahead, and you can control your success road. It is backwards thinking to be caught up in what happened yesterday. We want to be forward minded. Mm-hmm. We want to be forward-minded. We want, man, it's, t- t- this week is going to be so incredible. Yeah. We have that opportunity to have that mindset. We can do that. There's so many stories. Our, we, our book is never finished, Rob. Our book is never finished. It's always being written. You talk to the best. You even talk to people that are, say, a recovering alcoholic. Mm-hmm. They never say they've recovered. If they've truly got the right mindset, they're always recovering. Mm. You, you talk, you know, we're always becoming. Yeah. The best is yet to come for you, me and we, man. Greater is coming. Yeah. I mean, I love that. It's, uh, you know, we're constantly reinventing ourselves. I think there's like research out there that, that talks about how, you know, the self-talk, we all talk to ourselves, sure. you know, which is reassuring because I thought I had voices in my head, but uh, <laughs> we all do, right? Yeah. Um, and that 75% of that self-talk is negative. Yeah. But we're constantly being stimulated by negative things as well. And it's hard to kind of just break through that and, and keep that positive momentum. It's kind of like reframing mm-hmm. the way you think. Is that, is that fair? Uh, totally fair. 
Yeah, reframing, that's a great word. I would I would definitely say that's a, a fair word. As you work with you now clients and, and leaders as well, where do you think they struggle the most? Like, you know, in terms of, of when you do talks and have you seen any common themes that, that come out that you spend a lot of time focusing on? Yeah, some of them lack communication. Everyday stuff just happens. When you don't talk to people regularly, people start filling in the gaps with their own stuff. And it's usually not positive. It's so true. It's so, so true. Yeah. what you do is you try to communicate the best you can. You try to just be positive. There's people that start getting caught up worrying about their lens are in the wrong place. They're mm -hmm. worrying about some of the wrong things. I saw a study where there was like a thousand employees. I think it was around a thousand employees. And you've probably seen similar studies like this. Or thousand employees were, were asked, do you feel the management team understands you, communicates with you, you're on the same page. And 78% of them said no. Yeah. But 87% of the leaders said yes. <laughs> you know, so there's just- They disconnect. Yeah, it's, you know, I would say the number one is communication. Yeah. Number two is insecurity. You can't be in a leadership position and be insecure because you're no, you, what you learn is that you're not, not everyone's gonna love you. Uh, three is just, forgetting where you came from. And there, mm. there's a whole host of other reasons. Communication is is so critical. I think you bring up a great point too. I think the insecurity as well as remembering where you came from is important, right? Because then the egos do get into the, get in the way. For sure. I, I will say this too, Rob. I, I should have said this too, is a lot of people don't set boundaries. They get spread their bandwidth as a leader of a ton of people gets spread really thin. So they're not organized enough with their thoughts and their priorities. And a lot of them have great intentions. It's not that they aren't trying to please. Yeah. It's that they're trying to please too many in too many different ways and they're spread super thin. So they need to draw boundaries. And then I wanna just include one more is the success road. A lot of people lose track of the process. They overestimate events and underestimate the process and they, I mean, there's going to be negative vibrations. Uh -huh. There's going to be positive ones too, but there's going to be stuff. And if all you do is focus on the bad stuff, the negative vibrations, that's going to be a crummy life. And when your life starts getting crummy, you start becoming crummy at what you do at work. Mm. You're just waking up in a negative attitude, a negative mindset. Just to dive a little deeper into the, you call it success? Success road. Yeah. Success road. Right. So but there's going to be, so if I understand it, there's going to be challenges along the way, Absolutely. but that's part of the process, but mm -hmm. we may not, or we may focus too much on the, the, the mistakes or the negativity versus the process in itself, the journey to get there. Yep. Yeah. If you understand that success isn't a destination, that success is the road. Yeah. You're, you're still going to visit pity city here and there. You're still going to have a little victimitis in there somewhere but you're not gonna stay there because you understood that this was part of the process. You understand that there's gonna be cool stuff. I would say that for people that wanna stay on the success road, I'm not a big goal guy. Mm. I'm a big growth guy. I'm not saying goals aren't important, Yeah. but instead of being goal conscious, being growth conscious. And, totally and, you know, agree. Just 0.01% better today, that's a hell of a day. That's a hell of a day. But if I'm stuck on some destination, at some point I'm gonna fry, Sometime a point I'm going to plateau at some point I'm going to be like, what's next? And then what happens if I don't get there? I mean, I'm not a glass half empty guy. I'm a glass half full guy. I always expect to win yeah. this day, but 
If you don't get there, but you got a hell of a lot better, you're not going to deem that a success. And that's a mm. crime. You're mm. better today than you were yesterday. You're better today than you were three months ago. Mm -hmm. That's a success. And if, so, if, if you're around people that can't see that and can't feel that and don't understand that, you know, we can't, we can't control those people. But I yeah. tell you what, there are people looking for you. There are people that want people like that around them. You, you have a, a roster or a, an office or a business full of growth-minded people. They're also probably going to be mostly positive and they're going to be so much fun because they're growth-minded people don't just get excited about their stuff. They get excited about your stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's juicy, Big Rob. Yeah. It becomes infectious. Yeah. Right. And, and as an employee, so let's just turn the tables for the, for managers out there listening as an employee, who would you rather work for? Right. Somebody that, because the goal is the goal. That's a given, right? We all have goals, Yep. but who would you rather work for? Somebody who's uh, focusing on the growth you're making along the way, teaching and guiding you, or just not saying anything and just focusing on the goal and that's it. And it goes back to the, the study you referenced. <laughs> I, Right. Sure. A, lot, a lot of disengagement out there when it comes down to it. I completely agree what you're saying. Love what you're saying. As a manager, I always focused. I mean, the goals are important, but for me, it was always about the how. How are we getting there? Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, I, I totally I, agree I, with you. I love it. Yeah. I mean, the how, it, it, that includes habits, which also contribute to growth. Yeah. I mean, if we focus on the habits and look at goals more as mile markers, and then between the mile markers, we're creating new successful habits. That is how I believe we get there. Yeah. I also love, Rob, I love the who. Yeah. I mean, who do you want to become? Who do you want to become? Because we're trying to become a different kind of beast. We don't want to blend in. We don't want to blend in. So who is it we're trying to become? I think if we also keep our eyes on that, it allows us to keep our lens on the success road because of who we would like to become. And we're not trying to become an it or a thing. We're trying to become an identity. Yeah. Like what is our desired identity? Is Are my actions, are, is what I'm doing right now trending me towards that desired identity? Or is it trending me away? And if it's trending me away, that's not, that's not success. If it's mm -hmm. trending me, even if it's 0.01%, if it's trending me towards my desired identity, which isn't to say you aren't going to fall on your face. I don't know yeah. about you, but I've fallen on my face multiple times. Too many I times to count for me, but yes, I, I completely <laughs> agree with you for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm big into asking really good questions, right? To help mm -hmm. self-reflection or help others self-reflect. Sure. And, and you reminded me of something I, I kind of picked up in your book. It was a great question. I think it was right in the beginning around asking yourself, and I, I, I might have this wrong because I'm going to paraphrase it, but similar to what you just said, what, you know, who's the person you want to become and deserve or what's the something along the side, but mm -hmm. when you threw in the, and deserve to have, or the life you deserve to have, or mm -hmm. I thought it was pretty powerful. Yeah. I believe it's our birthright to be excellent. Yeah. I believe we all have greatness running in our, in our veins. It's, for some of us, it's lying a little dormant more than others. Mm -hmm. Either we haven't believed in ourselves or we haven't put ourselves in positions to mm -hmm. be successful. We've had that imposter syndrome where we're trying to hang out yes. with people that don't even want us in their circle. And we really want to be in that circle. We really want that job or that lane or whatever. There's a whole host of ways to find out what, where you're supposed to be. But yeah, I, yeah I, I believe we deserve. We deserve the best. Yeah, We deserve something incredible. We deserve that. We have to believe that.
and you know, sometimes we're too close to it. Or like you said, it's dormant. We can't see it. Mm-hmm. It takes people like you. I'm going to go back to being the teacher you are, right? And pulling out the best in and helping your students or even now your clients figure out what that is. I mean, for me, I had some great managers that saw things in me that I never realized were there and helped cultivate that. Right? Incredible. Game. Yeah. You'll never forget that. Right. So talk about impact. That's the impact they had on me, and yep. just like you're having on your students or your clients. Right. What would you say it was about those people that had that dramatic impact for you? What was it about them? What did they do to, to give you that sense? My very first podcast uh, was dedicated to the manager who I, who I used to report into. Uh, she was my first guest. Uh, her name was Kim. And she um, approached me about coming in to do management training, which training wasn't even anywhere on my list. Like I didn't even know anything about it, but she just saw something in me, the passion I had for developing, coaching people. And she kind of sparked that idea in me and then help develop and cultivate that. And I think it comes down to the trust factor too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, without so, trust, you got nothing. Exactly. So again, that goes back to great leaders or great teachers. No doubt about it. That's really cool. So I wanted to be a head college baseball coach when I was super young and I was on, I was on the fast track to that. I was, it was going to happen. Uh, but I, I ran into a couple for professors way back in the day that, uh, the shortest version is they, they were different. They were, they were different than any, they, they didn't blend in at all. And they really cared. Yeah. You could tell they really cared. You weren't just a roster spot. You, this wasn't just busy work. You meant something to them. And then the way they taught things was different. They were intentionally not blending in and they changed me. That's one way back. That's what made me want to be an educator. Mm. Like, I wasn't planning on being a teacher. I would throw in there just like you said, right? They care about you mm-hmm. and they're in it for you, yep. which is which is a big piece of it. So, well, it kind of goes back a little bit to what, what you were talking about before that um, you surround yourself with the right people, yep. right? Who impact you. And, and so if when we're choosing our jobs, choosing our fields, if we're in the position to hire people, I always ask, like, what are you hiring are you asking about mechanics the whole time or asking about procedure the whole time? You can teach mm-hmm. people that, but sh- shouldn't we be hiring culture? Mm. Shouldn't we be hiring human qualities? Shouldn't mm-hmm. we be hiring coachability? I mean, if we if we have people that are, have great human qualities, that love people, that are yeah. into relationships, that are into character, that are into integrity, that are into culture, we can teach those people the procedures and all that. Sure. But a lot of times people don't have, there's, there's really not a great system in place for a lot of people on how they're going to bring people in. We want to surround ourselves with freaking awesome people, with mm-hmm. people that, that, I mean, I'm loving the books behind you, behind you. Yeah. It's your ship. Uh, yeah. We want to be, be hiring people that have, that understand that they have the DNA of a winner and that understand that they can bring out the DNA of a winner and others. Man, those are the kind of people you want to surround yourself with. So true. Well said. All right. So as we, uh, as we wrap up here, final question for you. So you talked about the, the best version is, is still to come mm-hmm. type of thing. So what is your best version? What do you see for yourself? I got to imagine it's a difficult path for you right now. <laughs> and- yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. You are slaying it today. You are <laughs> slaying it. Quit showing off, Rob. Uh, no, uh, man. Well, I, that's always a tough question for me. 
Yeah. Because I don't ever really have an end end goal. I have a son on the autism spectrum, and mm -hmm. one of the things I learned having an awesome rock star like him is that I, I don't really set my eyes too far ahead. I mean, are there things that I would like to do? More flexibility, more revenue, more giving? Absolutely. I don't have a number for any of them, though. I am gonna, I'm gonna continue to amp up uh, stuff. I'm continuing to find ways to set better boundaries. Mm. And I just wanna, I mean, my goal is to impact 5 million in the next five years. Wow. So, and it's just a rough number, yeah. but that's, I wanna have a big, big impact. And it's been, it's been working. And so I'm, uh, that's just a number. I'm not gonna get too caught up in if I'm a little shorter, a little over or whatever. But I just want to, I just want to keep my, my measurement for success is impact mm -hmm. is, am I trending towards my desired identity? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm doing both of those for Love me to be the best do. version of me. I need to hang out with people like you. I, I need to keep reading, need, keep needing to be a student of the game of life Yeah. and, uh, finding new ways to, to do the same thing that, that are, that are going to touch on different people's lives. Love what you're doing. I hope that this um, coming on jam session will help you reach your goal of five million along the way. Yes, and definitely appreciate you coming on and and sharing a lot of your great insights and perspectives. I think you know for the leaders out there, you can definitely walk away with some important key takeaways that Brad is talking about, and and definitely get his book. Um, it's great. We'll put it in show notes uh, as well, the link to his book. But Brad. Love talking to you. Great getting to know you. Appreciate you coming on. I appreciate it, buddy. You are doing so many good things. Ever since I've, we've really connected, I've been, you're a guy that immediately I gravitated to. So I appreciate everything you're doing. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend or colleague who you think might also get some value from it. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast. 